Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And uh, welcome to the show that one day is going to record all the shenanigans that take that take place before the intro music hits. Um, I don't know. Trent was trying to do some weird mix of Buster Rhymes. And like Silk mystical. the Shocker. No, nah, he was on My beat. Bad. Mystical. My yeah, bad. he was on beat. If he would have had to be an off beat, yeah. you know, to do the Silk the Shocker, but yeah, welcome to another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Um, it's your boy, A1. You can call me Carlos. You can also call me Dan. You can listen to every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the iTunes podcast app and searching It's a Black and White Thing. You can also check it out at soundcloud.com backslash brains and bars. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at brains and bars. Same for Facebook at brains and bars. You can also listen to the to the uh, show at amptentertainment.net. If you want to check out the show there as well. Um, and as always, I oh, as I'm, I almost jumped ahead. Um, as always, we are at the MMP Studios slash Clear Ear Studios with the homie Trent, DJ Trey in the building. Um, and I'm always, as always, again, I'm joined by the good homie A Ward. What's good? What's good? Good, 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 y'all. A Ward. You can also call me busy and stressed for the next two weeks. Um, Either one of those titles works. I am award.com. Holler at me on my website. Go click the social media hyperlinks. Follow me on everything. Um, and uh, I'm doing well. How are you doing, man? I'm good. So, like, when we're here recording, Trent kind of has a TV on. We're recording a little bit earlier than we normally do. Yeah, we are. Um, and so normally Jeopardy is on. But there's some show that Tim Allen is doing. Some as, show? Isn't this? No, oh. this is not Home Improvement. Oh, this is It is not, not Home Improvement. And so what would have made you think it was home improvement is because the wife looks like a freaking dead ringer yeah. for the one who was there before. Jill. Yes. No, was Jill? I thought Jill was the, the hot lady who was like his assistant. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think Jill was the hot lady who was, who was his assistant. But the thing that I want people to notice, so go check this out. Go look at Home Improvement and whatever this new Tim Allen comedy show is. I think it's in syndication right now. And then go look up King of Queens. Uh, with Kevin James and go look at his new comedy show on CBS called Kevin Can Wait. The wives are dead ringers for the old wives. Like they look like you couldn't, it would throw you off. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So sorry, that was just a random thing that I'm noticing as I'm watching this. It's like, yo, was that? I thought that was really her for a second. But anyway, I'm That's doing good. Her? No, it's not her. That is not the wife. Oh. That is not the wife from Home Improvement. It okay. looks like her, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. Side, yeah. side note, uh, guys, need to step in a uh, TV corner. Um, so they actually just had an episode. Well, this is rerun. So I just seen an episode the other day where they actually had his old wife there, and they made that joke where yeah. they was like, like your husband, because her husband like passed away or something like that, and he was buying something from her, and he was like, you know what, our husbands are a lot alike. It's almost like we're married to the same guy. <laughs> yeah. And I did laugh. I like genuinely laughed at it. I'm making fun of it now, but I genuinely laughed when that happened. But yeah. Um, and uh, also, side note, if you notice Mike and Molly uh, with uh, what's Melissa McCarthy and I don't know the that big guy's guy. name. Yeah, he's just big guy. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, yeah. the if less you notice, famous one. Yeah, if you notice, they that uh, everything about that kind of looks King of Queenish. Um, it's the same set. It's definitely the same set. Uh, and I think Kevin James uh, is the executive producer. So yeah, so yeah, I think huh, get that okay. money. Okay, okay, okay. Learn something new today. TV corner. Yeah, so 
Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's been three weeks, something like that. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's been. A I did not. I'll be honest with y'all, man. Like, like, I didn't want to do a show last week. I just didn't have. I forgot to tell my wife I was doing it. I forgot to get with A Ward to see what his availability was, and I just like, like Trent lives a world away from me, um, literally. And so, like, I just did not feel like making a drive. Like, I just didn't have the energy to do it. My day starts at 6. It ends around midnight. Some of y'all might be saying, well, that ain't nothing. My day starts at 5 and ends at 2. And who who cares? Nobody's asking about your day. We're talking <laughs> about my day. Um, it's my time to shine like the head on Keenan Ivory. Um, shout out Ooh. to the alcoholics um, who went by the licks because, you know, you can't be trying to sell yourself as a group uh, promoting vices. But anyway, um, but, yeah, man, like, I just didn't feel like doing the show last week, so we're here tonight going to do a quick show. And, um, yes, sir. Breaking news, uh, CNN. Duh, 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 duh. I don't know the CNN news uh, music. Uh, <clears throat> ESPN uh, just uh, informs us that uh, Frank Mason III, named AP Player of the Year, uh, Gonzaga's Mark Few wins Coach of the Year. We're going to talk about that. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're what gonna- did CNN have to do with any of that? I guess CNN was reporting it. No, it was break. It's breaking news, and now that's like CNN does the breaking news. I, I, it was supposed to. Like, no, I think that's ABC. Bro. Yeah. Like, I think that's ABC. Okay, I don't watch the news. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be clear <laughs> with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, that was kind of random. I yeah. thought so. Is that ESPN who reported that, or CNN yes. who's no, reporting that's, that's that ESPN? ESPN reported that. Oh, you just felt like you just needed to use a lot of different acronyms. Well, you know, he just he had already gone down the road with CNN, so yeah. you got to carry the bit all the way. Yeah, through. I was trying to. Yeah, I was trying to uh, act and sound smart. I and, get uh, it. You know, USD five hundred. You know. So. And, you know hey. Yeah. Yeah, so um, as always, you know, we start the show off by detailing what I've learned over the last week. Um, I haven't learned a lot. Well, one thing that I am endeavoring to do in 2017 is I'm endeavoring not to pay attention to trolls, both in sports and in life in general, Um, unless they're like a certain battle rapper who I find to be very funny. A-Ward is one of my favorite trolls, too, because he's a a troll. Um, And I'm a pure troll. Yeah, You can watch my trolling with the kids around. Well, yeah, that's true. But my not, brother, not nah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Cannon. Now, uh, Cannon, <laughs> Cannon is uh is rated R. Yeah, Cannon is rated R. Is <laughs> not if you're not over seventeen, you should not nope. be following Cannon's nope. feed. Um, but <laughs> no, nah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've just endeavored not to deal with trolls this this uh this year, man. Just like there's a certain guy I follow on. Um, so I give you an example from a sports standpoint. Um, people who will compare Colin Kaepernick to Tim Tebow. Yeah, um, and be and not and and not be like in a joking manner, but seriously, nah, I can't, I can't rock with you. But if they're being serious, it's not trolling, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not trolling. It's not troll. Well, I, so I feel like people, people think that Skip Bayless made his career by saying outlandish things, right? And so that that's what I mean. Like that's an outlandish Got statement you. to make by having a quote unquote hot take, right? Um, and so, like, I'm just endeavoring to let these people kind of just holler and talk in the wind and not pay them any attention. It doesn't mean that I won't follow them because I do feel like you should follow people that you disagree with to sharpen your own critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're not really trying to add anything, you know, um, smart to advance a story, whether it be sports or otherwise, like, I really just there's no country for you in, in my life in 2017. Like, it's just I'll look, I'll read what you say, look at what you say, shake my head and keep it moving. But. And I would advise everyone to do the same because so many things happen. So I even give you a story from um, that just happened. So Wonder Woman, right? Wonder Woman trailer just dropped. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm excited. I love Gal Gadot. I loved her. She was in Fast and the Furious for a couple of movies before she died tragically. Um, I wish, went and watched a movie Keeping Up with the Joneses, I think, with uh, her and Old Boy from Mad Men, John Hamm, um, Zach Galifianakis, and Isla Fisher, I think is her name. But anyway, you know, so I, I'm, I'm a fan of Gal Gadot. And so in the, there's been a, um, an uproar from certain feminists who are upset that her armpits are shaved. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, like, I saw people kind of, like, one of the homies in the group talked about it, and I didn't know what they were talking about. So I just went and kind of researched, and I'm just like, nah. Like, I just, I read a little bit of the article, got so deep into it, and was like, nah, I'm just not going to devote. Like, so I am not a feminist. I'm going to say that first and foremost. Um, I do believe in equality uh, for women. So I believe women should get, if they have the same qualifications as men, should be paid on an equal scale, right? Like, you know, I believe in those things. But just certain things I'm just not going to give any time and attention to. And that's one of those things, right? So, again, one of the things I've learned this week is no country for, for that kind of trolling. like or, or no country for people who just want to be outraged just to be outraged. Like, if you're going to be outraged, let's put it to good use. All right? Uh, I think that's it. There was something else, but I don't have an itinerary this week because I was too busy. Um, and, yeah, so that I, I can't – all these things are in my head and I can't remember. So we will move on to a ward and what you're looking forward to this week what am i looking forward to this week um there's really not a whole lot other than like i don't know the college basketball national championship so um that's definitely going to be something i'm looking forward to the final four starts um this week this weekend um from what i understand saturday both games are played on the same day correct and then the championship is on the following monday right so we'll have Frank Martin, South Carolina Gamecocks, taking on Mark Few as aforementioned Coach of the Year's Gonzaga Bulldogs in Correct. a seven-seed versus one-seed matchup. Correct. And then we will have uh, the mighty Ducks from Oregon that have dethroned the peasant Jayhawks from Kansas in the Elite Eight. <laughs> they have stamped their – their spot in the final four and they will be taking on the most beautiful color that's not Tennessee orange in probably the entire art spectrum, the baby blue, North Carolina Tar Heels. Um so I'm excited to watch it. I think North Carolina it's everything for them to lose. I mean I don't think that there's a matchup to, that they shouldn't be favored in. Um I don't think that um that they should lose to Oregon, Gonzaga, or South Carolina. But I'm excited to watch that. Then battle rap-wise, what, what, if you got something to say about that, go ahead. No, nah, because we're going to talk – we're going to talk – I mean, this is going to be college basketball heavy because a lot of what I learned actually came from the tournament Gotcha. Um, in general. So we're going to talk heavy tournament, a um, little bit NBA, a little mm -hmm. bit NFL. And but. then also battle rap-wise, next week um, is Gnome, which is uh, one of SMAC's biggest events, uh, URL's biggest events of the year. Um, with what does that stand for? Night of Main Events. Night of Main Events. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think of what so like. some big returns to the Battle Arena. T-Rex is coming back. He's battling K-Shine. Goods has been off for a while, which Goods is one of my favorite battlers. Um, and he's battling T-Top. Then you got Ill Will versus Briz Ralstein. And you got, um, man, there's just a couple more. There's just some really good battles this week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, um... Trying to think if there's anything else I'm looking forward to. Uh, no, McDonald's All-American game was last night. I watched it. 
Uh, other than that, shout out to Michael Porter Jr. Hey, yeah. going to Mizzou, going coming back home. I'm coming home, <laughs> coming home. Yeah, but shout out to him. Um, man. So yeah, so that's it. Yep, that's about it. All right, cool. So one thing I do want to re- rewind. I want to rewind real quick. <laughs> um, there we go. You went to South by Southwest. Oh yeah. Uh, was it been two weeks now? Two weeks ago. In two weeks, I wish I could have went. Oh. Uh, um, but kind of give us a recap of what that was like being down. South there. by Southwest was. So much fun and could have been so much more fun. Um, so that's kind of how I'll explain it. It was my first time ever going. Um, I knew that I probably should have been a little bit more prepared as to the things I wanted to do while I was down there and had them kind of itemized. But even had I, like, really did the research to see, like, what all I could do each day, like, I still would have not. I still know that I wouldn't have experienced, like, what I could experience. So um, luckily I had a homie from uh, Toronto, Canada. His name is Promise um fly down and uh he was like the plug on everything he knew where everything was he knew where all the free stuff was he had already rsvp'd himself plus five people to almost every event that needed any kind of extracurricular entrances to it other than your artist wristband um went down there with team die daily was 12 guys in a airbnb that slept um 12 really big nice house um like about 20 minutes from downtown um parking was kind of sucky uh parking was basically twenty dollars a day once you got downtown and you couldn't leave there was no re-entry so you know you wanted to get down there by 9 or 10 a.m to kind of get all the free stuff before everything was gone because every day there was free stuff they passed out but then you also wanted to be there for the midnight concerts because those were the big concerts so it was kind of tough you know to plan your days out and and only stay down there without leaving and going back to the house um, but concert wise, like I was able to see a lot of concerts, a lot of people, um, that I didn't know before. I, I mean, our first night that we got there, I didn't know that Balao guy that sings on, um, yeah. Drick Lamar's albums. Yeah. And like, I mean, he walked in and he's just sitting around on a stool. Nobody's talking to him, you know, and I just walk up to him and <laughs> somebody's like, that's Balao. I was like, who's that? Oh, he sings this song. That I was like, oh, that's him. Oh, cool. And then like, I was initially just introduced to like how informal it was like and how close you would be to just people walking down the street um so like if you follow me on social media you'll see like we literally walked down the street and there was fonte from little brother just standing outside just talking to some people you know and like that guy is literally like some of people's favorite rapper ever yep yep you know and it's like does dope stuff with foreign exchange like foreign exchange for some is an acquired taste but um fonte does more than just rap yeah um, you know Foreign Exchange does some dope stuff. I'm trying to think. Authenticity, probably my favorite project from them. And they've probably done better, but I haven't kept up with them since Authenticity. But continue. Yeah, no, I'm upstairs at one of the bars for the Crooked Eye concert that night. And, um, like, I'm sitting there. I'm getting ready to get a drink at the bar. And uh, Ninth Wonder walks up and orders a drink right beside me, you know. And I'm just like, you know, and, like, I'm very not good with faces or whatever. So, luckily, I had, like, Promise and some other people with me. There's, like. That's Ninth Wonder. I'm like, oh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> you know? And so that's just kind of the gist of it. You know, it's like it, it, you're walking around. You're seeing everybody. Um, there's so much stuff to do. There's panels. There's discussions. One of my friends that went with me, Cash Hollister, he went to the Rachel Ray panel and uh, talked to her afterwards, got a ticket to her birthday party event the next day. Like, just crazy stuff like that, you know? Like, I mean, in yeah, I went to a Warren G panel, walked up to him, talked to him afterwards about his documentary that they just shot called G-Funk. And, you know, like, it's it's that informal. And it's just, like, 
obviously I'm an artist there, so you have to have an artist wristband to get into these things. So the normal people, you know, have to stand in different lines and have to stand, you know, or have to pay a lot of money to get certain accesses to these events or whatever. But um, I try not to not take it for granted. And um, then the end of the week um, with the Roots and Friends show that was probably the biggest show that night, just wild, man. I mean, honestly, even as an artist, we stood in line for two hours um, waiting on the show to, to start because only 400 people got in. So we were like, I think I was number 106, something like that, after they counted like a, all of the lines or whatever. So got in there. The Roots, T.I., Jadena, Ray Shrumman, De La Soul, Brandy, um, Met the Man of Red Man. Um, yeah, it's just some bull. Yeah, it's just wild, man. And then Quest Love gave me his drumstick afterwards, and that was like super cool. And so I wish I got it on video so that I could put it on eBay and have proof that it was his, or I wish I would have got an autograph, but it's right here in my backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I I have to admit, one thing I would not have been doing. So you showed us some footage of T.I. performing What You Know. Oh, yeah. Uh, not his biggest song. I would think that uh, Live Your Life with Rihanna is probably his biggest song ever as he pulls out the Questlove drumstick. Yeah. Um, it's got y'all his were picture like, on it. Yeah. Like, y'all were, wow, that mug is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's game used. Yeah, it's game, game used. used. It's got his little picture on it. But apparently, like, he has his own brand of drumsticks. So, like, you can technically buy that drumstick. But now, but now like, everybody has their phones out while T.I. is performing what you know. And y'all would have been mad at me because my phone would not have been out. I would have been bouncing Which, around. Yeah, I, my phone died. I only did 30-second clips because it was already on, like, 5%. So I was taking, like, these, like, little 20- and 30-second clips, you know, because I wanted to save it for Method Man Red Man, which it didn't last. It died at TI. Yeah, I would have been jumping around. Fresh off the jet. What's the other the song jet, you just said? The keys What's the what song you just said? That was his big uh, one? Live Your Life with Rihanna. How's that go? Um... Maya, he, Maya, oh, yeah. Maya, oh, no. I forget what the other song he did. Hey, of chasing yeah, oh yeah. Just yeah, no, he did that song. Yeah, yeah he yeah, did yeah. that song. Yeah. Those are the two songs he did, so yeah. He only did two? Yeah, he only did two songs. Oh, and I think he spit like a free verse or something with the roots or whatever and Black Thought because Black Thought. So was, was everybody good. set like really that short? Um no, Man Man Red Man did like seven songs. Brandy did like three. Um Ray Shrumman, I think, did two. Jadena did like two. Dang. It was a dude named Shaky Graves. I never heard, I never heard, heard of him, him, but he was really good. And he was like, it was funny because he was like the white guitar guy. Like, you know, like he, he could sing, but he was like starstruck like the whole time. He's like, every, every time he'd finish a song, he'd turn around and be like, literally the roots is behind <laughs> me right now. He's like, do you guys see this? I'm on stage with the roots. <laughs> Man, I'd be like that too, though. Yeah. I'd be like that too. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Dang, he only did live your life and what you know. Man. Yeah, because I was wanting rubber band, man. But I think it taught me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ass is lightning, be, bro. You better use your Nikes, yeah. bro. Yeah, I'm trying to be more silent uh, on my silent producer tip. But Are you yeah, good? Uh, yeah, rubber band man would have had me just. Yeah. 20 uh, folds? What what's, what's the oh. uh, 20 folds. And, and right, the man, roof wide open. Oh, oh, started, man. Man. That's our, oh, our, man, man. Come on, man. Come on. Hey. Man. <laughs> but, you know, that's With dope. That's roof. dope. <laughs> I am there. I am there. If if you're there next year yeah. and you got to pass, I'm there next year. My wife was like, I want to go. And I was like, well, you can go, but I'm going to have a pass more than likely. You won't have a pass. So, I mean, we got family down there. I don't know what y'all going to be doing. I know what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to be out late. Like, I'll, 
Because my wife, I mean, we're we're homebodies. We're old. We're washed. Like, I have no reason to admit that. But when I'm with the homies, I, I, I'm out a little bit later than normal. So, but yeah. I, but. Shot, I surprised myself and how, like, I guess when you're walking, when you're, like, you're going place to place or whatever, it's a little easier to stay up. Um, but, like, yeah, I stayed up very late every night. Didn't sleep very much each night um, and just got back to it. But I just chalked it up to, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Um have you been on it all? There we go. Oh, hey. <laughs> so hey, there we go. <laughs> so have you have you been talking the whole podcast and this is the first time it's actually recorded you? Um, I hope not. Cause no, no, I turned myself down. I forgot okay, to turn okay. myself back up. All right. So hey, um, so I just want to uh, educate my uh, educate me. South by is only one week, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And there's like dumb stuff to do down there. Dumb stuff. Because I yeah. listen to I'm a I call myself a, a comedy connoisseur. Oh yeah, there's a whole comedy. And so part. there's a, I know that the comedy scene down there is ridiculous. Yep. So if you're trying to go down there as an artist and catch that and movies, like there's no way you can do all of that in. Nah, in you movies. can't. You have to pick your you have to pick your uh your spot your spots. Like you can't do everything. So like that's why he was saying like you gotta kind of map it out, know what you want to do, and go from there. Yeah, it's um. Because, like you said, I went to, like, a gaming expo. Like, you know, I walked around with um, um, Street Hymns. He was doing a photo shoot. And downstairs in one of their huge rooms, they just have a gaming expo. And you walk in there, and it's literally thousands of people in line to play, like, Nintendo Switch, to play arcade games, to play all of this different stuff. And you're just kind of like, what in the world? Are you serious, you know? And, like, then, like, I took a picture of this, and I tried to send it to the group. I tried to send it to you, but I didn't know... um. Uh, I don't think it went through on my group me, but there was like a podcast expo. Yeah, and so like there's like sports. Uh, like they had so many people there, dude. They had um, uh, like a whole bunch of different names from different live podcasts, live sports shows. Two Man Weave was there. MLB on TuneIn Live. College Sports Now was there. Like um, just a whole bunch of just different everything to do. You know. So yeah, it was just it was overwhelming. I felt like I did five percent of you know what I could have done, but even that five percent was awesome. Yeah, there's a podcast uh, like expo or conference in Anaheim. I'm like, maybe not this. It's in August. Like maybe not this year, but maybe next year. I go to the podcast joint just to say that I did it at least once. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I went to Sway. Remember Sway in the morning? I went yeah, to that. Went to that was awesome. That's what's a few up. people noticed me. That was really cool. Like. So that was like extremely non-humbling, you know, when you're walking down the street and they're like, yo, that's a battle rapper, dude. You're like, oh, this is awesome. You know? <laughs> so that was dope, too, um, to kind of to kind of get noticed and and uh, just, to, you know, just to enjoy the week. So and the that's weather. What's that's what's up. Yeah. So Austin, definitely on one of the places that I is on my my short list of retirement uh, places once I'm done and working. In-N-Out Burger. That was pretty good. Crap. In and out burgers. Trash. I didn't like the fries, but that the burger was good. Trash, man. In and out burgers so overrated. But it's overrated. Like the, bur- the burgers are fire. The fries are I trash. I did like Whataburger better. The fries are trash and and they get worse if they get cold. Oh, bro, it's like cardboard. Oh, oh if they it get is cold, like, it's like it's, it's like it's like cardboard. Yeah. It's a yeah, wrap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But now nah, Austin, Vegas, Miami on my short list of places to retire to, um, in no particular order. Um, so we'll see what the wife has to say about that. We'll definitely be getting a, a condo or loft when we retire for, in Kansas City for family and spend our winters someplace warm. But anyway, um, we're going to move on. At, remember, artists, 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 if you have music, send it to us. 
Um, the last time we had an episode, we played music from the homie Sauce. They call me Sauce. You can check him out. Uh, Bandcamp.com, I think, slash backslash they call me Sauce. I think that is how that goes. Please forgive me if I got that wrong, Sauce. Uh, we played joints from Soul Food 3. Tonight, we got um, a new artist project just dropped last week, and it is. Listen, let me tell you something. I don't, I don't co-sign much, right? I'm very picky in who I actually co-sign that you go check out. And um, Cartez Marcel just dropped a new project, Over Moons. This joint is, it's only seven songs. I think it might be six because there's a skit in there. Joint is fire. I mean, it is nice. So we're going to play the first joint from that. Um, it is called On Me. It's from his project, Over Moons. You can pick this up at CartezMarcel.com. Um, and you listen to It's a Black and White Thing. Late night up all on, rap it to my phone, cause it's all on me. Wife mad at me, I'm wrong, I just won't be alone, cause it's all on me. If I could just pull this loan, then I promise we on, and it's all on me. I'm just playing dominoes with my dog with some background music, singing all off key. Late night up all on, rap it to my phone, cause it's all on me. Wife mad at me, I'm wrong, I just won't be alone, cause it's all on me. If I could just pull this loan, then I promise we on, and it's all on me. I'm just playing dominoes with my dog with some background music singing all off key. I think I'm calling off for work today. Need to get my situation straight. I know I'm supposed to focus on the pay, but I'm trying to find another way. I need to vacate where it's safe. I need shrimp and lobster on my plate. I need wifey in the same place. Freedom is a mind state. And we flying over moons. Please do not assume that I am a buffoon. I know there's people out there dying because of fuse, dying over fools, man. And we supposed to be lions and such Diamonds and rough, but they lying to us Gassing us up, we just buying it, bruh Buying it, bruh Late night up Yeah, so that was Cartez Marcel um, The opening track from his new EP Over Moons called On Me You can pick that up from CartezMarcel.com Or you can go to any Google Play, iTunes um, I think, I don't know if it's on Amazon But definitely on the two major um, digital music uh, places. Don't go to Spotify. Go support independent artists. Please don't go to Spotify. This is what you do. You go buy the album. You go buy the album once, twice if you really like it, and then you go stream it, right? That's how you make your contributions yep. on the streaming side. So, um, so yeah, go check that out. All right, so we're going to jump into – we're going to be heavy on college basketball. There's a couple of things we want to talk about, um, things that I've learned from watching the tournament. And But first, we can jump into NFL and NBA. We'll start with NFL. Not a lot happening in the NFL. A couple of rule changes that they promoted, I have not cared about most of them. Um, the couple ones that interest me the most are no longer, you can no longer jump over the long snapper on extra points and, well, and field goal attempts. So they outlawed that. They said it's player safety, which, you know, I can, I can understand that, right? I can uh, understand. I guess the way this works is that the interior linemen dive at the knees of the guy who is snapping at the long snapper, which allows the uh, – I'll use Bobby Wagner because I know Bobby Wagner did it famously against the Cardinals to leap over the player to get the block, right? So they outlawed that. The other one that I found to be interesting is that they're going to um, eject players for egregious hits to the head. And I'm like, I'm not sure how you – decide what is an so egregious is hit. that not what targeting is it's kind of like the tar it's not quite like college football's targeting um they because they're they're saying that is that they view this to be an, an a rarity a rarity so i guess like if you launch yourself at somebody hmm. 
Um, so I, there was a pass, not Peyton Manning's last year, but the year before when he played against the Rams, he threw a deep pass to Emmanuel Sanders. I and, remember that. And TJ McDonald, like, nearly killed him. Yeah, I remember uh, that. I think something like that. I would think the hit that Cam Newton took against the Broncos, uh, what, when he threw the pass outside the pocket and old boy just, you know, took a step, lowered his head, yeah. launched himself, crowned the helmet. No flag on that, by the way. Um, so in the game, it, now this won't be retroactive, right? So if you don't get penalized in the game, they won't go back, review it, and then go, yeah, you, you're kicked out for the next game. But it's got to happen in the game. Gotcha. Um, and, and I guess, to me, the, again, this is one of those things where the NFL is wants to give the appearance that they care about player safety, but I'm just not sure, like it's football. Like I'm just not sure what you expect guys to do. I'm one of the few people who defends – Vontez Burfick on the hit against Antonio Brown in, the, in that Steelers-Bengals playoff game, I don't think that was intentional. I think that Antonio Brown tried to catch the pass. He missed it. He then contorted his body in such a way to where his shoulder, where Vontez Burfick hit him with his shoulder. If Antonio catches that pass, he contorts him. It's going to be a shoulder-to-shoulder connection. It yeah. would have been shoulder-to-head. And so I'm just not sure. Like, if Vontez Burfick does that next year, he gets kicked out of the game. And I just don't. Again, I understand what the NFL is trying to do with that. I understand that you want to try to protect the players, but it's football. Like, it's inherently unsafe. And you can't make an inherently unsafe sport safe, no matter how much you try. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that rule of – because here's the thing. I don't want it to swing some game. Yeah. And, if I mean, you're just ejected for the game, or is it like college where if you're if it happens in the second half, you're ejected for the – I don't think I, as far as I understand, it's not like college where you get ejected for the next game. Okay, it's you're just kicked out of that particular game, and I'm pretty sure if you rack up enough of these, then there be, there becomes probably some type of suspension, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, which I think is stupid, like technical fouls in basketball, technical fouls, or they're going to factor in your history. Yeah, it's so like Brandon Merriweather. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, you know, he probably can't rack up too many of those penalties because he'll probably be suspended. Right, so I just, I just again, I just don't know how you make an unsafe sport safe. Um, I don't know. Is it just sending a message like, hey, like you said, you know, we want to appear like we care. You know, like how many, how many of these are really going to happen this year? I don't know. If it starts to get out of hand, I think it could be bad for football. You know, but I, I don't. But that's the thing. I just don't. I don't know. I don't see. I don't. So like Chuck Cecil was another guy who actually got kicked out of the league because of um, hits. Who's now actually a defensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. ironically, but who got put out of the league because he was viewed to be dangerous for the game because he was reckless with his body and and for the regard of others. Brandon Merriweather's another one, right? Roy Williams from Oklahoma, yeah, was out there like that, and yeah, so it's Hunter. just like you know, I just don't know again how you how you legislate that without altering the game because one of the things I heard Mike Florio say he works for Pro Football Talk um, dot com. He's that the referees don't want to alter. They don't want to insert themselves into the game like that. So he doesn't think that it'll be called yeah. that way. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I, to me, like, you have these little slot receivers that are always coming over the middle, you know, and it's like that's like one of the biggest plays in football that where somebody's coming across the middle and get hung out to dry or whatever, and they're already small. Your Cole Beasley's and your, you know. Daniel Sanders. Yeah, Amendola's and different things like yep, that. Yep. You're, they're already small. So the minute that you're even trying to, you know, it it could easily become a launch, you know, to the helmet if, like you say, if they contort their body a certain way. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I think that they already have enough rules that are trying to keep people safe. 
implemented. I don't understand what this what this one really does. Right. I want to know when further. are they going to make a rule that impacts the offense yeah. in a negative way because everything impacts the defense. Right. The pick and, plays or the I mean, come on, <laughs> you know the pick plays like pick play like these I, are winning championships, winning <laughs> championships, <laughs> and I feel like that has become a lot of of quarterbacks like completion percentages are at are at levels that they've never seen before um you know and while the yards per catch is diminishing great more and more and more yep um so yeah like what are we going to do and they're supposed it's supposed to be a point of emphasis but it happens all the time right and you watch these guys who analyze game tape show yeah pick play yep pick play pick play and they and they continue to get away with it so that's what i want to know like when do we handicap the offense because everything is geared against the defense uh, um, so they're not going to handicap the offense. They think higher scores mean more inter- entertainment. Well, I mean fantasy football. Yep. And speaking of fantasy football, we're going to make a quick segue here. The other kind of big news, the Raiders are moving from Oakland, Oakland yep. to Las Vegas. Hey. Um, hey, I'm t- hey. I think we've already talked about in three years uh, when KC plays yep. <laughs> in, in Vegas, hey. we'll be there. <laughs> uh, and, and there's a couple of levels to this that I find that I – I feel like the the NFL – so I'll put it like this. St. Louis, one of the reasons why the move from St. Louis to L.A. was considered to be okay um, was because market size, so TV markets. So these things still matter for businesses and leagues and stuff like that, um, more so the NFL than others, right? Um, although, granted, you have Green Bay, you have Buffalo. These are small markets, but those those teams are, are entrenched within the community in such a way that – they're never leaving. Like Green Bay has an old stadium. They're never going to look to right. upgrade, right? Buffalo has upgraded to a new stadium that I think is on the way. But LA, I'm not LA. Vegas is the 42nd largest market. Birmingham has a larger TV market than Vegas. Wow. <laughs> right. And so, you know, um, I heard Bomani Jones talk about this. So people were hitting him up saying, well, we got 2 million people. We're not a small city. No one's saying you're a small city. We're saying your TV market is small. Right. Um, I feel like that's one part of that I find to be interesting is that Oakland is a part of the greater San Francisco Bay Area, which is a huge TV market. So you're moving them from a huge market to a small market, all in the name of the almighty dollar. Second, um, and to me, these are the, the next two of the hugest ones. Like we just talked about going to Vegas when Kansas City plays for a weekend. You're never going to have a home field advantage. Yeah. You'll never have a home, a true home field advantage because everyone is going to plan going to Vegas around seeing their favorite team. Yeah. I was curious as to, like, what the season ticket holders would look like as far as, you know, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, yeah, that's a, will they even be Raider fans? Will right. They just will just be they, high rollers? And, yeah. And then also it's like um, with the bookies and everybody in Vegas, <laughs> like – do you go to games and not, not be able to sit there and watch other games, you know, like are all, because you're at the sports book watching all the games, you know? Like, See, ooh, and the NFL won't do this. Roger Goodell today, um, or not today, this week, talked about at the owners' meetings that the NFL still views gambling as ew, icky, even though they profit. I mean, a lot of their appeal is based off of gambling. Right. Um, but it would be dope if they put a sports book in. in. <laughs> I mean, come on, dog. So, I, well, I guess what I, I didn't understand was, like, I would have thought that the Chargers move to Vegas would have been a little easier and Oakland move to Los Angeles. I mean, they've already been the L.A. Raiders. They've won as the L.A. Raiders. Right? Did they not win? I, I'm pretty sure that they were successful as the L.A. Raiders, if not 
uh, AFC. Uh, they were okay. They were they they had some success as the LA Raiders. Okay, so. but like so, to me, it would be an easier. It would have been easier to have Oakland move to Los Angeles and San Diego move to uh, Las Vegas. Well, they'd already enacted this rule where you know they'd already kind of put it out there of San Diego. You either come here or it open the door for the Raiders to come. Um, and so you know it was like for example, I heard that when the Niners first built their stadium. They kind of sent out some feelers to Oakland and say, hey, you guys want to come up here? They Oakland turned them down, and now I guess it wouldn't be uh, financially uh, – it doesn't make economic sense for the Raiders now to try to partner up with San Francisco because San Francisco basically owns everything. Yeah. Which is kind of part of why Dean Spanos did not want to go from San Diego to L.A. because um, he wouldn't be able to kind of split the profits with Stan Kroenke. Everything is going to the Rams. And yeah. so it's like you're, you're basically like crashing at somebody's house. Eight games a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the house guest. And that's kind of what's happened with San Diego. That's what have happened with Oakland, although there have been some talks about the most messed up part about this is Oakland's going to be there for two more years, potentially. So they've talked about possibly playing in San Francisco to try to get out of that situation. So that's something that bears watching. Um, shout out to Steve Ross, the Dolphins owner, who was the only owner. I saw that. Who voted against the move. I wonder if he voted against the move like he thought other people would. Nah, I mean, he, he seemed to be a principal guy in that, like, to renovate now what is called Hard Rock's uh, stadium, he put his own money up. Mm -hmm. And he came out and said, like, look, man, it's not fair that we asked, you know, the fans to foot the bill uh, or the state to foot the bill for our stadiums. Like, we should build them. Either you put your money up, get private financing, but don't ask the people or states to build these stadiums. And I'm right there with him. Like, these guys are billionaires. Like, these yeah. guys – and, and in part, large part, got to be this way by negotiating and, and making deals. And I get it. The number one rule of being filthy, stinking rich is you spend somebody else's money. I understand that. But the NFL is a cash cow, and it doesn't slow, show any signs of slowing down. So why not just put your money up? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so yeah, so, you know, I feel bad for Raider fans, although most Raider fans. And this, I wish we could, as NFL fans, for at least, like, the first two weeks of the season, like, boycott TV, going to the games, buying stuff from the advertisers just to send the message of you can't screw with us with it we make you it'll never happen it's just you know something i wish right but you know i mean you know shout out to the raider fans i feel i feel for y'all i hate this is happening to y'all hopefully y'all can experience a little bit more success in the last couple of years before they move but i'm pretty sure what's going to happen is it's going to be like the ravens the ravens leave cleveland and win the championship like three years later i'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen yeah but, um, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play the next joint from Cartez Marcel. Um, this one is called The Rain from his new project, Over Moons. You can get from CartezMarcel.com or from iTunes or Google Play or just about any you know of the major media, uh, major music digital outlets, major music digital, digital outlets. So this is Cartez Marcel, um, The Rain from his new project, Over Moons. You listen to It's a Black and White Thing with A1 hey. and A Ward. My uncle told me I was super crazy and so amazing in the same statement. Said that brain you got so dang creative. Better guard yourself, never let them play you. So I've been knowing I've been on it. I don't bend for no one where I've been. See through my lens, straight through my pen. You heard what I'm saying, you hear what I'm saying. Homie, I'm an 80s baby. You know what that means? Ronald Reagan, you know what that means? ADHD, you know what that means? <laughs> you know what hey. that means? I don't bother nobody, I just parlay with my posse and my ride, be on my side, keeping me calm, keeping me calm, trouble headed my way, wanna bring me way down, gravity got a hold of me, pulling me 
All right, and we're back. That is Cartez Marcel with The Rain uh, from his new EP, Over Moons, with one of the dopest verses on there. I'm an 80s baby. You know what that means? Ronald Reagan. You know what that means? 80 HD. Man, I'm telling you, that boy can rap, man. Like, yo, like, homie can rap. Um, but yo, so shout out to him. You can pick his music up, CartezMarcel.com or any major music digital streaming outlet. Um, please buy, then stream, though. Hear me? Please buy, then stream. So real quick, um, I want to talk just like for a couple of minutes about the NBA. Last night, me and A-Ward, some of the other homies, were out at a concert that Cartez Marcel was a part of. Yep. And um, one of the major showdowns of the NBA happened last night, Spurs versus Warriors. We're sitting there. We're watching the concert. And all of a sudden, one of somebody reaches out to A-Ward and says, yo, look at this, man. Spurs whooping their tail. It's like 16 nothing. Yep. And then we look again. It's like, yo, it's a 20-point lead. It's just like, whoa. 25 to 3 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm like, yo, like, they are. I mean, the Spurs is, is doing it, right? And so I left the concert a little bit early to get to the crib. I get to the crib. I turn on the TV to start doing some housework. And, yo, I hit the homies up in the group like, yo, it's a three-point lead. Like, the Spurs have a three-point lead going into yeah. halftime. I'm like, how did this happen? And then it was basically from the point they had that 20-point lead in the second second quarter to the rest of the game, the Warriors gave them that work. I scored them by like 30-something after that, yeah. Clay Thompson gave them that work. Yep. Um, David West, who the San Antonio booed. I don't know why. I, I guess because he went even, you know. They were going to give him $12 million? Yeah, and he wanted a chance for a title. He yeah. felt like he could get it done there. He saved them a lot of money. <laughs> right. He saved them a lot of money. He gave them that work. Um Steph did his thing. He was getting off, and they did all this without Durant. Like, that's kind of scary. Super scary. They racked up. I think that's their ninth straight win. They racked up those first eight wins over a bunch of bums. And then the last two in a row. Well, yeah, the well, yeah, the first six, but the or the first seven. Yeah, yeah. But the last two over the Rockets and over the Spurs. I was one who was questioning whether or not the Warriors could get out of the West when Durant went down because you just don't know how he comes back health-wise. But, yo, if he can get them 70% with what they're doing right now. Meanwhile, on the east side. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's looking Ooh. real shaky. And it and the thing is, I know people talk about this. Like, you look at history outside of, like, the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. And even then, I think that there were years where, like, um, some random team out of the west or some team like the Sixers out of the east would end up being the representative against the Celtics because it's really hard to continue to make playoff, deep playoff runs like that because of the toll it takes on your body. Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing a lot of that from the Cavaliers right now. Yeah. Um, and LeBron is playing the most minutes in the league, which is crazy. Um, Meanwhile, Russell Westbrook. Man, 57, is, 13, and 11. Is LeBron's back okay? Ah, uh, man. I is, think so. I think, I, I think I he just, was ready to go home. I was just curious. You know, that looked like a gruesome injury. And so, it, so it might have been a delayed reaction. So, look, look, I jammed my finger really bad playing basketball a month ago, right? And for the most part, it's healed. It's still a little swollen. And, like, I went to go get it checked out. And, like, the lady, like, pressed down on this one part of my knuckle. And, like, I was like, ow, that kind of hurt a little bit. And then it went away. And then, like, five minutes later, it was like, hey, hey, like, what did you do to my finger, right? right. I mean, so it might have been a delayed reaction from LeBron. And, you know, I honestly think, though, he was ready to go. Yo, listen, because it – like, I get it. Like, you, he, she, somebody could have hit a nerve or whatever, but the way that it looked and the reaction afterwards just didn't seem to match up. It didn't. It just it didn't, didn't seem. Like, if, if you want to fake something, but, like, 
but there was no benefit in that type. If you're acting, there's no benefit in acting that way. Like there's there's no you don't get any benefit. So I'm gonna believe that a nerve got hit or something, and it really just rocked your world. But and it doesn't make any sense. But yo, real quick, Russell. So I've been earlier this year. First of all, this is why you should listen to this show because early in the NBA season, I told you the Rockets were a team that you needed to watch. They are a team that you continue to need to watch. Um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think, are the front runners for MVP. Russ might have cemented it. Like he, I was, I. I was on the fence for James, uh, but I think Russ, by going 57, 13, and 11, hitting the game, tying three to send it to overtime. Getting, it's, like that, it's like that Heisman performance, you know? In, like in the season full of them. Yeah, and he's just I, – I, I thought it was – like I watched the highlights, and it was just so spectacular just to watch the fourth quarter. I think the fourth quarter in overtime, he dropped like 26 or something, and they were getting washed. Like they were getting washed Down the by whole 20. game. Down by, by the 20. magic, yeah. And then it was just like, all right, guys, you know, let me turn this on, and then boom. But then, like afterwards, it kind of irritated me how Sports Center was like, well, he's on pace to shoot like 60 more shots than Allen Iverson. So like, and he plays like six minutes less a game than Allen Iverson played, or something I saw like that. that. I saw and that. So man. I was like, are y'all really trying to throw some salt on Russell Westbrook right now? Like, but, but I mean, the dude shoots a lot. But he has to. He has to. He has to. Like, <laughs> like I think they uh, – I heard, like, the stats and, like, the shooting performance from other players outside of Russ was not good. It was not good. So to give you guys – and understand the reason he should be the MVP is because he's taking on this offensive burden of scoring, and people say, well, he's trying to pad his stats. And I'm like, yes, there, that may be some of that, especially on the rebounding side of it. But they need that from him. So if you go look up the numbers – like I think they have like six, he's had thirty nine triple doubles and I think they've only they've won a lot of them thirty plus Post. of those like I think they only have like seven losses yeah out of thirty nine triple doubles so it's not like he's racking up triple doubles and they're getting blown out every time like they need these performances and the fact that they are going to win at least forty five games after losing a top three player and remaking the roster on the fly is ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous what he's doing night. Night in and night out. We talk about uh, teams resting players, which is really about LeBron and, and Steph and maybe and KD. That's really what we're talking about when people get mad about resting players. He plays every night. He never stops. He's always coming. He's always coming. Like, this dude should be the MVP. Like, I have flipped. Like, I'm, I was a James guy. I'm still on the James Rockets bandwagon. But Russ should win. He I really think MVP. that as long as James Harden keeps up the work and they cement themselves as a number two or number three seed, that it's going to be co-MVPs. I don't see them. I don't see I them don't giving so. it. Do I don't think so. Does anybody uh, f- uh, feel like, uh, what's my what's my guy, Nick Wright and Colin Cowherd, you know, they're the uh, LeBron James uh, apologists. No, apologists, but they feel like they Colin like LeBron, really? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Wright said every year that you don't give LeBron James the MVP is a slap in the face. He is always the most valuable player. I can rock with that lot. I can rock with that logic, except MVPs are have to do with the storyline. And like in like in sports we can be hypocritical. So James Harden averaged seven assists last year, was called the ball hog. Seven assists last year and was called a ball hawk. He's averaging 11 now, and all of a sudden he's like this passing Picasso while still taking the same amount of shots, right. I remind you. 
Mind you, right? It's like the whole thing we did with Kyrie. Kyrie was horrible for Cleveland until he started draining shots. Until he's until they won a championship. And it was like, oh my God, Kyrie's ascending as one of the, the bright stars of this game. With the same exact game that he had last year, <laughs> this right. year, right? So I mean nothing has changed and narrative plays a huge part in NBA, at least in the NBA, right? Where so if this were the NFL, LeBron would would win the championship. Oh, he would win the MVP every year because best player, best team, going to compete for a championship. Like that would be, he he would be the quarterback. Like he'd right. be Brady, he'd be Rodgers. Like he would be in the conversation for MVP every year. And thankfully, it's not like that. Like I can appreciate even being a guy who's like a Jordan fan and seeing like Carmelo and Barkley get it in years when he probably should have won it. Like the story is overwhelming, and what Russ has done, like that is the story of this league this year. Um, more so than what KD joined on the Warriors, more so than what LeBron and his travails with the Cavaliers, more than, than what And I mean, uh, Russ James is what, done. three triple-doubles away? Three? I think from, from breaking a record. From breaking Oscar Robertson's record. Which is crazy. And then I mean, we, obviously he just set the record for most points for in most a triple-double. most points double. in a triple-double, which he actually broke James Harden's record. Who, who did it like early this year. Yep. And so, um, I mean, these are records that have been there. Oscar Robertson's record has been there since the late early 60s i think imagine like when peyton manning first broke uh dan marino's touchdown record or yep. yeah you know yep that was a big deal that was a huge yeah, and that deal, was a big you know? story and that's part of the reason why he won the mvp that year yeah and then i the mean game when brady did it completely brady did it and, and then, then he got it, it and he got the mvp and i think brady uh when manning took it back yeah he got MVP the MVP again so yeah. you know like does this change the game of basketball like is or you know like are you gonna now see like guard heavy people like Westbrook and Harden and stuff like I mean look you need so gosh what was I getting ready to say um I talked about before about how when Westbrook went off the court against the Warriors how it was like the D League came in I have one more analogy when I was in eighth grade during the winter months at center our gym teacher would make us form three-on-three basketball teams and have like a a mini season until it got warm enough for us to go back outside again. It was random lottery, so you didn't know who you were getting. Um, I might have already told this story. I can't remember if I did or not. But random lottery, and I ended up with a team where I was undoubtedly the best player. Undoubtedly the best player. One of my teammates had never played basketball before, so five minutes before the first game, I am teaching him to dribble. <laughs> the first time he touched the football, he's a football guy, First time he touched the basketball, he ran. Like, he picked it up and ran like he was running through a hole. I had two other guys <laughs> who played some basketball, but they were not good. And so I'm literally Russell Westbrook, and these are my thunder. Like, I, I had a we, – because we were eighth graders, so we were we, – all eighth graders were captains. This one kid who played – who was the cap, he was, like, really all-sport guy. He played captain of basketball, captain of football. He, took, he grabbed two seventh graders before our game started. He said – Every time he scores, I'm punching you in the chest. <laughs> and so, like, literally, like, there would be games where I would get the ball and would immediately be double teamed as soon as I touched the ball. Anytime I touched it, I would be trapped. This is how bad the team was. Drag them somehow to a fifth-place finish. I'm very proud of myself. This is what it's like for Russell Westbrook to play. And these guys are worlds better, obviously, than eighth graders and seventh graders. But it's like that. It's like when you are the that takes a lot of mental energy as well as physical energy to be that guy every single night and still produce. Is Steven Adams hurt? 
Now he's not hurt. He's not hurt. But he's not a scorer like that. But he is considered one of the top big men in the league, right? Yes, because of the way the league has transformed. It's about Now it's about rebounding and defense gotcha. for a big man. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is something like a unicorn because, you know, he's not there defensively, but he has the tools, what he's already done offensively, and if he can up his defensive game, he's going to be a beast. You know? So, you know, again, hmm. Russ is my MVP. Y'all can tell us what y'all think, man. Y'all can hit us up on Facebook at uh, at Brains and Bars to hit us up on um, our Facebook fan page, It's a Black and White Thing, or at Twitter.com, um, search Brains and Bars and hit us up. And tell us what you think, man. Is Russ, who's your MVP this year? Is it Kawhi? Kawhi's been balling. Is it LeBron? Is it Isaiah Thomas of the Celtics? Is it Russ? Um, is it, did I already say Harden? Who was, the, who was it I read that said um, Harden can't be MVP because he only plays half the game? <laughs> He's actually played a little bit more defense this year, which, again, I said early on when discussing the Rockets, if James can give you in the fourth quarter like 10, like about five or six minutes in the fourth quarter of a close game, really good on-ball defense, that would be enough for me to be in, for, for me to call him an MVP yeah. and a top three player. So, you know, you know. So we're going to go to the last segment real quick. We're going to play the last song from Cartez Marcel. His new EP, Over Moons, which you can get at any major music digital streaming outlet and at cartezmarcel.com. This joint is called Days Off. Um, he just released a video for this that you can check out. Uh, I think he, I don't know if he has a Facebook fan page or not, but, you know. But anyway, this is the homie Cartez Marcel. It's called Days Off from his new EP, Over Moons. You listen to It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A1. This, this, this feel like the West Coast, I'm black on my neck though I ain't from the Jacks, but I grew up off the spec though Live for my respect, yo, life to me complex though This one for the wave, I can't wait to see my team grow New generation rappers got it backwards, bad vernacular I want independent growth, the major labels unattractive I got tunnel vision, I ain't for the vision Matter of fact, I seen that snake up in my grass I put that in me on the tractor I'm 100 miles and running, got a team of meat eaters and vegans Giving me balance, a steak and a salad some destined to eat, your impression of me is invalid I write my own name on a voter's ballot uh, I'm from the land that are free, but there's some tricks up they sleeve They can't never mind me, I got a stance like Ali I got a plan that's so unique, no longer melancholy It's good guys with good vibes and good times, oh my God yeah. For the rest of my life Alright, real quick, last segment in this episode of It's a Black and White Thing That was Cartez Marcel with Days Off from his new EP, Over Moons Again CartezMarcel.com. He don't rap better than me, though. I'm That's just kidding. Interesting. Cartez Marcel, you rap a lot better than me. <laughs> <laughs> you can go get that again. iTunes, Google Play, CartezMarcel.com, Over Moons. Real quick, NCAA tournament. Um, hey. We had this discussion um, this week. We did. About coaching. resumes and about coaching, right? So real quick, I'm going to give you guys – Three, it's a blind test. I'm going to give you three resumes, three coaching resumes. This is since 2003-04 college basketball season. Three coaches. Um, Coach A, 80% winning in the regular season. Three regular season titles. Six conference titles. Nine Sweet 16 appearances. He's went four and five in those in those games. Four Elite Eight appearances, three and one in those. So, obviously, three Final Fours. Coach B, 77% win percentage. Eight regular season titles, three conference titles, nine Sweet Sixteens, eight and one in those, mm. 
eight elite eights, five and three in those. Last coach, 83% win percentage, 13 regular season conference championships, seven, I'm sorry, I'm Six. sorry, 13 regular season titles, yeah. seven conference titles, set nine sweet 16, seven and two in those, seven elite eights, two and five in those. So you might be wondering, well, how many titles did they win? I did. I purposely left that out because I don't want titles to cloud the discussion. I think. I think that last one is uh, two and zero oh in Final Fours, though. Uh, you would be wrong. You you would be one hundred percent wrong in that assessment that he is two and zero oh no. in his Final Fours. He's one and one in Final Fours. I think he's two and zero oh in Final Fours and one and one in championships. Yep. I'm not counting the actual games. I'm counting whether or not you went away with a W ultimately. Did you win the entire thing? Yeah. So that's why I say he's he's one and one. Okay. Fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, again, you kind of look at their resumes. The, the things I want to really focus on, the Sweet 16s and the Elite 8s, they've all been there nine times in Sweet 16s. One is below 500, 4 and 5. One is 8 and 1. One is 7 and 2. Right. Then elite eights. One is four. Uh, one is three and one. One is five and three. And one is two and five. So it's funny because in this blind taste test that I've done of resumes, like ninety-seven percent of the people have picked B. Um, been more consistent in all of those areas. Um, people who are biased pick C. I mean, <laughs> I and people who pick C are very biased. Very biased. Uh, and some people do pick A. And I think. I feel like they know who A is. So for those of you Actually, who are, A is the one that's probably got the most confused. Yeah, somewhat. Some people call so we'll tell you who these are. A is Mike Shashesky of Duke. B is Roy Williams of Carolina. C is um Bill Self of Kansas. And so I've seen people call B Tom Izzo. I've got a lot of Tom Izzo. Really? Wow. Because people don't give Roy the credit. Remember I said Roy is underrated. I said this earlier this season. You go, well, is he really underrated? Yes, he is really. You have to understand, people still call for Roy to be fired. They lost the game this year to Virginia, 53-43. to 43. Offense was horrible. Team looked horrible. There were people saying, we need to fire Roy. We need to move on. When we, How long are we going to put up with this? Sounds like Tennessee football. And here's the thing I want you to understand. I understand why Roy is considered to be underrated. Number one, had he won, had he won a championship in the mid-'90s with Rafe LaFrance, Paul Pierce, and, and uh, Jacques Vaughn, had he won that 0-3 championship to go with the two he's won at Carolina, I'm telling you right now, we will be talking about is Coach K or Roy Williams the better coach. We will be talking about which one is the greatest of all time because he would have four titles because this is how we view things. And somebody on your, um, your post asked me, why aren't the titles included in this? And I said, be, and he says, it doesn't, it doesn't, we shouldn't have this discussion without it and nothing else matters. And I said, this is exactly why we're not having this discussion because it clouds our judgment. It makes us lazy. If I go, and again, during this time frame, um, Coach K and Roy both have two. Bill Self has one. Right? Right. But again, Roy is underrated. And had he, if he had those Kansas titles to go with the Carolina titles, we would say he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Other, I think if you ask people who are the greatest modern-day coaches, I think they go K. I think they go Izzo. Yeah. Even though Izzo only has one, they go um, Patino. 
Yeah. They might even go Bayheim before they get to Roy. Like, and that's really disrespectful. Really disrespectful. Like, Bayheim, like, again. He has, he just garners, like, some type of, like, mystique respect or whatever that some people just put him above Roy. I People just disrespect Roy for whatever reason. But I don't and, but get they it. but they have more respect for a Bayheim, a um a uh what's about Patino, uh or something like that. Like they'll give Patino or Bayheim more respect than they would give Roy. And it I just it boggles my mind. The second thing I want to say about this, I don't put this loss to Oregon on Bill Self. Like KU just couldn't make any shots. Like I mean that's really what it came down to. They couldn't. Josh Jackson got in foul trouble. Never got untracked. Um and. Devontae Graham couldn't make a shot to save his life. And Jordan Bell was erasing everything at the rim. Like, I had that feeling only once in my life playing 21, and everyone just kept – this is back when I was 15, so I was a lot more athletically Ooh, inclined. Ooh, you get another basketball story from your 15-year-old no. days. No, no, not a long time. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's a – ooh, 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 real quick. I do <laughs> – so – People was coming into the lane, and I was sending it back the other way. Yeah. It's the greatest feeling ever. One of the greatest <laughs> feelings ever. Another great – the reason why I love basketball, one of the greatest feelings ever is being able to hit a shot in somebody's face. Yeah. That and hitting a home run. Play basketball Sundays, a bunch of older guys. So we're some of us are in shape, some of us aren't. I'm playing against a guy. He's about five, six years older than me. We're both overweight. I have more foot speed than him, and I was able to take him off the dribble. And I'm just, like, hitting mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper. And he's like, yo, I am the man right now in this pickup game. But anyway, but anyway, but no, nah, man, like, Bill Self, the two and five in the uh, – Is that the, counting this one? Counting this one. Okay. Two and five. So, Bill Self slightly overrated. Slightly over. Oh, you know what? Okay. Do Peyton you Man, he's the Peyton Manning of college coaches. Well, then I guess he's the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Um, but so, do you think that if Coach K had this team, or or Roy had this team, that they would have won that game against Oregon? No, that's why I said this one isn't on him. But the reason I call him slightly overrated, I think this one's on him. I the reason I call him slightly overrated is because it's not only the fact that he has this two and five record against in in Elite Eight. It's that he has Bucknell on his on his resume. He has VCU on his resume. He has Stanford on his resume. He has Bradley on it. Like you can keep going. You keep naming all these. You can stop. You can stop at any moment though. You can stop. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He has all these games on his resume. Northern Iowa games where he should have won. You know, Roy again never lost a game in the first round. Like as a one seed, his record is like pretty doggone good of making at least. And again, Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, those are indicative of great seasons, right? And it's just too many times where even Coach K oh, recently. I don't think Sweet 16 is indicative of yeah, great seasons. Yeah, it season. is, man. Once you, second, once you make it to the second weekend, there's only 16 of you left. You start with 64. It might be indicative of a great season to somebody who's not a one seed, but I feel like that you, that's, you should be the last 16 left if you're a one seed. Well, again, well, the reason I say that is because as a, if you are higher seeded, the odds of you playing someone who's really good at that point are pretty good. Like, again, you're going to have South Carolina. You're going to have the yeah. VCUs, the George Masons, who sneak through every once in a while. me, like, I look at it like until you lose to somebody that should be on your level, like, 
and you're a North Carolina, Kansas, you know, Michigan State, if they were like a one seed or right. Syracuse, like you don't you don't lose to South Carolina in the Elite Eight. Like if 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 you know, true, true. I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. So real quick, I want to close the show. Man, y'all hit us up. What do you think? Is Roy Williams underrated? Is Bill Self overrated? I think, I think he's slightly overrated. Bill Self is slightly overrated for the reason that you said that national championships cloud our judgment. And I think conference championships have clouded people's judgment of Bill Self. Yeah. Because I don't understand how, like, thir- this whole 13 straight, there's been, pl- there's been a few times where he's tied. Where they've True. had the they same record it. as someone, and they've they still been it. considered champions. And then half of the time he doesn't win in the tournament. So of the thirteen, he's only won seven conference titles. You know, in the tournament following, and it's like to me, I don't like college basketball's version of a true champion. You know, like to me, a true champion wins the regular season and wins the tournament. That's interesting. I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because I feel like conference t- tourney titles are just about who gets hot. Like you get yeah. hot at the right time and you can win. I feel like I do think that regular season means more than conference. Although I would say Bill Self, if he were in the ACC, obviously would not have won thirteen straight. I will say that I agree with the Big Twelve because they play each other twice. They play everybody plays everybody. Right. And they play home right. and away. So I do like that. But I also think that Bill Self knew that. Kennedy Meek still played for North Carolina. Bill Self knew that that freaking um, uh, abon- abdominal snowman, whatever the word is for it, for Gonzaga, abominable, abominable snowman for Shemek Gonzaga, Karnowski. plays for Gonzaga. He knew that Kentucky had, and he still decided to let Landon Lucas suit up and play on his team this year. There's no way. That he was going to win a championship with Landon Lucas as his yes, big. Yes, he could have. No, Duke, Duke won with a if Plumlee. If that Bell guy had to guard anybody down low, it, it would have took him out of five or six of those plays. He didn't have to guard nobody. Have you seen Landon Lucas? He sit there and thought about his post moves for five or six seconds and then did them and then freaking threw the ball up there and it didn't even get near the rim. We KU hasn't had a good big man since T-Rob. Jeff, Jeff Graves? T-Rob. T no. Rob, <laughs> I'll give you T Rob. I said Jeff Graves. I went way back. That's that was two thousand. Tark Black, uh, no, no, but T Rob, really, T Rob, you're right, T Rob. Because I mean, everybody. Well, Joel, but yeah, okay, there you go. But he but was, was a liability on offense. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt, and I mean, he's not the Joel you see. Yeah. now and which, even which Perry Ellis is, is definitely not a big man. The yeah, Morris right, twins, right. not big men. Um. Linda, What's uh, the dude from last year? Cliff Alexander yeah. was a bust. Yeah. Oh, uh, and Chuck I forgot. Diallo. Chuck was, Diallo was yeah, a bust. bust. Carlton Bragg. Carlton Bragg is pretty much a bust. Although, if he can give you quality minutes as a backup, I think yeah. that'll that'll be something. And so, like that's why I, that's why I fault Bill Self in this. He had all he needed was one more decent piece. Like all he needed yeah, was. Yeah, but uh, uh, Udoka yeah. Azabuke, he got Azabuke, hurt. He, he got he, hurt. He had promise. Yeah. He had promise, but he got he got hurt, was lost for the year, and that hurt them from a big man standpoint depth wise. But but this year, like they like that game, it was just like it was just a terrible game. They just couldn't make a shot. If they if they I, I said this, I was like, if they found a way to win that game, there's no way that they're shooting that poorly ever. I mean, they were shooting like 30 percent for the game. Like, that's crazy. That's a crazy low percentage. Like you just there's, you're not going to p- shoot that poorly 
at any other point in the game, and it still was closer than it should have been. So real quick, I want to segue because we're, we're getting ready to shut it down and call it a night. What I've learned, real quick, first of all, if you if these administrators, these ADs need to start docking these coaches when their teams shoot like crap. You know, so atheists, I get it. You don't believe in God, right? You want, you want me to know how I know God is real? Because Virginia has one of the most god-awful offenses I've ever seen in my life, and somehow they win 20 games. Every year, they win 20 games with some of the worst offense I've ever seen in my life, okay? Uh, Defense wins championships. Yeah, I, no, it doesn't. South Carolina will be your national No, they champion. won't. No, they won't. They're going to run into a team that's going to be offensively. Gonzaga, top 10 in offensive efficiency. And so you got Gonzaga winning? No, I have Carolina winning. I mean, I'm a Carolina fan. I'm. Uh, yeah. No, I'm talking about Gonzaga beating South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely? No. Definitely. Without so, a doubt. Gonzaga beating South Carolina? I think, Let, okay, I think South Carolina's going to uh, face uh, North Carolina. In the yeah, I think it's going to be the Carolinas for the championship. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, no. No, I don't. That's what I'm asking. No, I don't. Wait, wait. I a, so, no, no, no. So, real quick, I got Carolina against Gonzaga, two number ones for the title. I'm going to ride with Carolina. I'm going to ride this whole narrative of it's a redemption story and losing. I hate Nova. I hate Nova more than Duke. I, ha I have a Villanova, right? Villanova. Okay. Not Nova. Roy Nova. <laughs> you disrespectful. You disrespectful. Shout out to the homie. Shout Just out to me. the homie Roy Nova. But nah, man, I have I have Carolina versus Gonzaga. I'm going to go with the same score as the 1993 National Championship game, the famous, infamous Chris Webber timeout, 77-71, Carolina winning the title. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, I'll make my prediction. I'm going South Carolina beats – Oregon in the national championship. He just wants to be disrespectful. Nobody's going to watch that game, by the way, unless you're from South Carolina or Oregon. And I'm going to go with the score being 64 to 58. <laughs> that South sounds Carolina about right. Clamped down on defense and they win their championship and the SEC brings another championship home. It's going to be South Carolina versus North Carolina and North Carolina is going to win that mug like 90 to 70. <laughs> wow, that's, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be like 90 That's what's going to happen. It's going to be like Darius Thornwell is going to be amped cuz he wanted to that go to Carolina and piece. Carolina did not recruit him. Carolina didn't take him. Mind you, South Carolina's like they really suck, but they're for some reason they are Cuz again, well. you just get hot. You get hot at the right time. So, yo, hit us up, man. Who do y'all think is going to win? Um, give us your, your thoughts on the Final Four and all the things we talked about. Hit us up again. You can, you can search for us on Facebook.com. Search It's a Black and White Thing or at Brains and Bars. Yes, sir. At Brains and Bars on Twitter. At Brains and Bars on Snapchat, even though I don't Snapchat. Um, gosh, we don't have an Instagram page. I am Award.com. Um, Blackout 7 coming up. Hey. It's the weekend. Award versus an unknown opponent. Yep. Um, you have to get the pay-per-view to find out who he battles. I might just release the name of the person oh, next Clear. week on our podcast for the 13 yeah. people. that no, just Clear <laughs> Shout out media. to Daybond. Shout out to Daylight. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah, We see y'all in the street. Shout out to yeah. Daylight. Um, Pull up, bro. My location's on. ClearAirMedia.com. <laughs> hey. Check it out. Uh, Frank Mason, National Player of the Year. Who? Uh, Frank Mason. The what third. a horrible year for what National Player of the Year. And I'm not game. saying that because Frank Mason won. I'm saying that because normally in, a, in National Player of the Year conversations, there's normally like two or three names. You go, well, it could be this guy or it could be that guy. This year was kind of like, okay, who nope. do we give this to? Yep. Yeah. Frank, you want it? You want yeah. it? You sure? Cool. There, it's yours. And that, that's actually, I think that is going to help him actually get to the NBA. I don't nah. know if he'll play. But nah. Nah. He'll, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be a D-League all-star. You think so? 
Yeah, uh, he's not. He doesn't have the size. I think so. doesn't have the yeah. size. He's not a tradition. However, not- if you can shoot forty nine percent from three point range and keep it up, you there's a what, job though? for you he somewhere. He could be. He could be Patty Mills. That dude. He could be Patty Mills. Stroke he could, it. Yeah. I mean, Devontae, he, come back to school, by the way. You need to come yeah, back. Yeah, De- Devontae, come back. Nobody else should be leaving. Unless your name is Josh Jackson and Frank, because he got to go. Like, nobody else should be leaving. De'Aaron Fox. Love that kid. Love yeah. that kid. I think I, I think I comped him as being um, John really, Wall, but I think he might, be, he might be a less athletic Russell Westbrook. It's really not fair, the North Carolina's bracket. It really just wasn't fair. I could see that. The, the like, top half wasn't stacked. Kentucky, UCLA, North Carolina, those three teams could easily all be in a Final Four. Yeah. So yeah. Shout now, out to uh, Luke May, by the way. Luke May. Hey. I did not watch that game live. I, I, I was, watched it. I went and played basketball. And so I heard the roar. I knew Carolina was winning. I heard the roar. thought the game was tied. Didn't know that that roar was the game tying and then game winning shot. It so was shout dope. out to Luke May. Hopefully he can contribute and that March Madness moment would, uh, would be enough to – I can't wait to see one shining moment. Man, me too. Me too. But, yo, but as always, you've been listening to It's a Black and White Thing. We'll holler at y'all next week. I guess I, I kind of screwed that up. Yeah, I didn't get to say and white. My bad. My bad. So let's try that again. So until next time, we thank y'all for listening. We appreciate y'all. Um, go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, review the show, share the show. And until next time, it's been a black and white thing. I mean, what you doing? What you doing, bro? <laughs> All right, man, we see y'all next week. Deuces. <laughs>